Hey everybody, welcome to Heavenly Vision Church of LA, where our vision is to reach, save, strengthen, and mature. My name is Mijan, and thank you for tuning in with us today. We really appreciate you guys being here with us. Last week, Bishop discussed practical ways to pursue purity, and this week, we will be discussing the blessing of living pure and how it will benefit your life. Don't forget to keep up with us at hbcla.com or come in and visit us at 243 West 85th Street in Los Angeles, California. Thank you, guys. I need to speak this because I hear this in the spirit. Some of you have disqualified yourself for, the, for your next season because of some of the mistakes you made in your previous season. Yeah, I'm talking, yeah, you know I'm talking to you. We, we, don't, we don't have to call no names. We ain't got to do none of that. You know, because some of that stuff is kind of churchy. You know what I mean? We try to, you know, the Lord. Listen, you already know who you are, and we don't have to go back and forth about semantics. You, you've already told yourself you can't have this and that and so forth. You've disqualified yourself for the next season of your life because you felt as if you did too much wrong in this past season or in a previous season. Maybe not this exact season, but a previous season. God told me to tell you that I'm here to make you pure. I hear God saying, I don't care what it is, I'm cleaning it up. You don't, watch this, and I, I'm not giving anybody carte blanche, I'm not, I'm not telling anybody sin more, that grace will abound, that's not what I'm saying, but I, I hear God saying in here, you don't trip on how dirty your clothes are if you got a good washer. If you got the right detergent, if you got the right cleaning agent, you don't trip, you just go to where you can get clean. I hear God saying, I'm using a divine solution called the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I'm not trying to be ultra Pentecostal, but I feel that somebody is about to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'm not just talking about a new tongue. I'm talking about a new language. My God. I'm talking about a whole new way of living. My God. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. We'll read this. And I want to read this, and I want to read this, and I want you to hear it in the spirit. I don't want you just, just don't just look at this like another biblical scripture, but I need you to hear this as Jesus is talking to you. He was talking to his disciples, and he was talking to the multitude uh, on the hillside, but I want you to hear this as if he's talking to you because he is. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Here it is. Here it is. And we, we, just give me a few minutes and we're going to be out on a good time. Listen. Your purity is not based on how clean your garments are. Your purity is not based on anything external. And we're, we're gonna deal with this today. Your purity is not based upon your appearance. 
It's based on your internal position. Watch this. The prodigal son was sitting in a pig's pen with slop. But the Bible says he came to himself. The purifying moment for the prodigal son was when his mental position changed. Not when he got to the dad's house and got the robe. No, he became purified when his mind changed. When his motives changed. I'm sorry for what you've been taught before because I know somebody preached to you that you got to have your skirt down here to be pure. And somebody preached to you that as long as you do stuff in here, and that's a form of, no, 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 no. We're going we to talk about what's inside today. Can we talk there? All right, we good, we good, we good. Let's, let's go. Let's get into this word and let's, uh, let's hear God speak to us. All right. So listen, the Greek word for pure that God, Jesus the Christ uses here is kathros. And it has two meanings. We're not going to go deep. Uh, but last, last week, there were two understandings I gave you for the, for the word pure that was used in the, in the psalm. And that was the number one thing that that pure meant was uh, free from a freedom, right? It meant freedom, freedom from adulteration. And that meant here it is, I'm going to say it again, adding anything to yourself that's less than yourself. All right, so we want to reiterate that one more time. In this new season of your life, in this pure season of your life, you have to listen. You have to be discriminant about what you bring into yourself. If they're not worth your time, if it's not worthy of you, don't add it to yourself. So the first understanding was freedom from adulteration. Adulteration is when you add anything to yourself that's not, that's less than you. Now notice this. I'm not saying that you need to determine who you're better than. No. I'm saying from a spiritual perspective. From a spiritual perspective. All right? And the next thing was contamination. Freedom from taking anything in you that is toxic or, or evil to you or that's harmful to you. Some of us, here it is, some of us have allowed ourselves to take on things that we knew were harmful for us, but we used it to, to, to know or, or to dull the pain that we felt. Can I help you quickly? I'm going to say this one more time. I prophesied this last year, and I'm going to say it again. For some of us, the pain that we feel now is not the pain of hurt, but it's the pain of healing. And I hear God saying that. Uh, if, if you talk with Deacon Mike, he just had his knee replaced, his whole knee replaced, all right? And, and, and there, was a, there was a particular type of pain that he felt before he got a new knee. Now, on the other side, there's a new pain that he feels. But this pain, watch this, is more tolerable, and this pain, is, it has a result to it. I don't know who I'm talking to here, but the pain that you're feeling right now is not the same pain that you felt when you were in that relationship. Yeah, see, that's when you know it's a really poignant point because ain't nobody got anything to say. It's like, let me just sip on this one. Let it get in here. And that's cool. But understand, the pain that you feel now is not the same pain. It is the pain of healing. This pain will subside. And this pain on the other side of it, you'll feel better than you ever felt in your life. So this week, though, this week, though, 
This week, uh, the Greek word, because yes, last week we were in the Old Testament, which is Hebrew. This week we're in the New Testament, which is Greek. And, and the Greek word that Jesus uses in, in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8 for pure is kathros. And this means, number one, it means to cleanse. It means to cleanse, such as when you clean a garment that was previously soiled. Anybody ever washed anything? Like, no, no, no. If you, I mean, if you got that kind of wife, that kind of mama, praise the Lord, amen, or you just dirty, one or the other. Uh, so, uh, is, has, has anybody ever, ever been, okay, now, okay, so I'm, a, you know, I'm a, I'm a grown man now, I've been young, and um, I've, been, I've been foolish in my life. Any, anybody ever, ever had degrees of dirty? Like, there's certain, there's certain degrees of dirty that, that you, I don't mind wearing it. It's like, if it's not visibly dirty or not stench dirty, I, I might rock it again. I might rock it again. But when it gets visually dirty and when it has a stench on it, right, we then, we then say, okay, this needs to be clean. Now, once, once the item is clean, you don't have an issue with wearing it again. Watch, here, watch this. If for some of us, especially those of you who are organized, you have different positions for things that are dirty and things that are clean in your closet. And some of you, here it is, I feel God, I didn't talk to you. Some of you, some of you feel like God is, God has put you down. Some of you feel like you don't even have a relationship with God anymore because of the life you've been living. God told me to tell somebody quickly, you, I still own you, you're just in the hamper. But I'm about to wash you, and I'm about to fold you, and I'm about to make you prepare. I, I, hear, God, I, hear, I hear God saying to somebody, I'm, a, I'm about to press you. Because, because, because you, you're not just a wash and go. I got I to gotta do something in your life. Come on. Because we, we know we got them shirts that we'll just wear wherever, and then we got them shirts that, that's on a hanger. And it's, if we get them from the cleaner, we leave them in the plastic. I'm finna, okay, I'm going. I, I've got to push. And some of you feel so isolated in this season of your life. And you're trying to figure out why are you so isolated. It's just like when you bring some clothing from the cleaners. There's some stuff that you throw in the washer, but there's something that's so special, you got to send them to the dry cleaner. And when they get back, they're separated. And not only are they separated, but then they're covered. Please understand, it's not you being isolated. It's not you being lonely. It's you being covered. It's you being consecrated for the next thing that he wants to. He cannot risk you being contaminated. He cannot risk you being soiled by everything else around you. Because watch this. He's getting ready to put you back into a scenario. But the reason why you feel the way you feel is because although he's getting ready to put you in it, he can't allow you to be affected by it. All right. All right. I got to push. I gotta push. So it means to be cleansed. It means to be cleansed. So, so here, here can, I, can I help somebody quickly? God's not afraid of any of your dirt. I know some bougie people in church may be. And some unsaved preachers may be. Hallelujah. You know, some people, oh, don't, I don't bring that around here. I, I, no, I, I, I'm gonna be saved. No, listen. It, see, when you, when you really saved, okay, we gonna go, okay, all right. Uh, God's not afraid of your dirt. God's not afraid of your dirt. 
All right? And, and, and there, 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 there are no echelons to dirt. There, there are no levels to dirt. Dirt is dirt. Hallelujah, somebody. And so please, please, please don't get into this classism of dirt whereby we treat one person's sin different than another person's sin. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, if your sin is homosexuality and my sin is promiscuity, it doesn't matter. Sin is sin. There's such a thing in theology called sin equality. And that means that all sin is equal to get you to hell. Any sin, lie, cheat, steal, kill, whatever, you can all go to hell for it. Now, I, I, I hit this last week, and my mom was saying, well, what, what did, what did, what did, what did, you know, you were saying something, what did it have to do with anything? Uh, let me make it clear. Uh, because there is such a thing as sin equality, there is, watch this, there is no sin outside of denouncing the faith of Jesus Christ that can keep you out of heaven. Do you understand this? Listen, when Jesus' blood covers you, when you have been covered by God, and when you have received him as your Lord and Savior. Now, now you got to ask yourself the question, are you saved? Because some folk are emotionally saved. Wow. Yeah. You know, like we said, oh, I'm saved. But then you go back to doing the same thing. When true salvation begins to penetrate the heart of the believer, there is a divine change that is enacted. The old church will say it like this, things I used to do, hallelujah. Come on, I don't do no more. Places I used to go, come on, Jesus, I don't go. There, there, there is a divine change that takes place, all right? Now, for some of us, change is instant. For others of us, change is more elongated. <laughs> but the question is, how close you are to the sovereign. It's about your proximity. Most of the time, the most sinful folk in the time of Jesus, especially in, in Jesus' church, he had, he, had a, he had a few members, amen, he had a few members. <laughs> I, I, I think I was at Deacon Mike's house and I showed how, there's a scripture in the Bible that says how many people was in Jesus' church. Uh, and in his church, the people that stuck with him the closest were the people that did the most dirt. Watch this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to share something with you. The people that, that, that got a real worship, the people that, 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 that really don't care who on they roll are the people that God really done delivered, the God that re- people done really been brought out. Because see, some of us, we, we've been in church all our life, and we like, we got this reserve, like, amen, praise the Lord. You're good. Hallelujah. But like, some of, some of us been in the alley. Some of us have sold ourselves. So, so, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm, okay, okay. So, some of us at one point in time have put a price on our, our okay, okay. So, so, some, some, of, some of us have, have, have been in positions that we, that we are ashamed of, but Jesus still loves us. And when we look at where we've been, in, in relation to where we are now, we have no choice but to lift up our hands and say, to God be the glory for the thing. And so you ain't got to tell me to worship because I, I came up in here with one. But not only is it talking about cleansing, this capital off, it talks about cleansing, but then the second thing it talks about is purging, purging, purging. Now, this purging is particular. This is the same purging that Gideon goes through in the Old Testament. It speaks of reducing a regimen. It speaks of reducing a regimen to discharge soldiers, soldiers, excuse me, that are discontented, cowardly, 
are unwilling and inefficient. This purifying, this cleansing that God is getting ready to do, not just in heavenly vision, but in your life. He says, I'm getting ready to get rid of all the folk in your life. I'm getting ready to get rid of everything in your life, watch this, that ain't down for the next season. See, you got a lot of folks that want to party but don't want to pray. You got a lot of folks that want to take from you but don't want to give to you. You got a lot of folks that'll eat your food but won't buy no food and come to the, you know. You, you got a lot of folks that'll ride in your car, but you got to find them when they get their wills. I wish I had somebody in here. You see, they're, 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 he said, get in, you got too many people. You got a lot of followers, but you ain't got a lot of friends. You see, watch this. Real friendship is based on covenant. Fake friendship is based on convenience. I'm on, okay, all right. You see, you know who your real friends are when it's inconvenient to be around you, but they still stick in the, okay, I wish, I, all right. I only got half a church. I'm gonna try to get a whole one before I finish preaching. You see, real friendship, watch this. The Bible says a real friend loves at all times and, 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 the, and the, the wounds of a friend are even faithful. So he says, he says, it's a purging, it's a purging. And some of you, you're trying to figure out what's going on in your life. I hear God saying, I'm purging, I'm getting some. See, you're getting ready. You, you, you hit it on the head. You were, you were prophesying, didn't even know it. You, you're getting ready to go into a war. Watch this. And the war that you're getting ready to go into is for, watch this, it's going to be for your destiny. And so, and so, and so he says, listen, you're going to need some soldiers on your side. You don't need no folk that's going to defect when y'all get in the trenches. You don't need no folk like, ah, nah, 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 I'm good, I'm good. You're going to need some people that's like, no, I'll meet you at the altar. We're going to pray together. No, what time? What time Bible study? I'll give them a full Bible study. We're going to pray together. No, matter of fact, we will stay at the church. We're going to pray together. We're going to. So allow the purging of God to happen. Listen to me. Everybody that you invited shouldn't be involved. I'm a, okay, let me, okay, I'm gonna, okay, all right. Okay, 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 let me, let me, okay, all right, mm, here it is. <laughs> so you'll invite everybody to a party. I went to a party last night, I was invited to a party last night. I was invited to a party last night, and I went to the party, I went to the party last night, and, and there was a general area where everybody was allowed to, but then there was a kitchen. There was a back area, and not everybody was involved in what was going on in the kitchen. See, okay, so while there may be a lot of people that you invited into your life, please understand that everybody that you invited can't be involved in what's going on in the kitchen of your... Okay, all right. Because see, God is cooking some stuff, and if you allow too many people to be involved in what God is cooking up, you might get put into a pit. Talk to Joseph. Joseph had a lot of family, and they were all invited. And he, he made the mistake of allowing them to be involved. Okay, I got to push. I got to push. All right. All right. So ultimately, listen to this. Ultimately, the idea of purity in the context that Jesus is preaching it is unmixed motives. Unmixed motives. Catch this. Don't, don't write this down. Text it. Do whatever. God, his, his biggest concern is your motives. 
Because there are a lot of things that we do that look nice, look good, look right, look pure. But if we took a spiritual magnifying glass and looked at your heart when you did it, we would see the re. You see, yeah, I, I've had a lot of people pray for me only to understand that they wasn't trying to pray for me. They just wanted to pray on me. Okay, okay. And so, and so what, what Jesus wants to, he want, what he's preaching about, making sure that your motives are unmixed. Why do you want to do this? Those who are close to me, my wife, and I, I think I even did it to, to Minister Gwen once, people that are close to me, if they come to me and they say, oh, man, I love you. If, if, I'm, feeling, if I'm feeling antagonistic that day, I'll look back at them and I'll say, why? <laughs> oh, you're laughing, but it's real. Because you got a lot of folk that, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. Catch somebody dead in their tracks one time. Come on, all right, where are y'all who courting in a relationship right now? Y'all talk to me for a minute. Y'all in a relationship right now, and that L word come out. Ooh, girl, and watch this, because a lot of times, a lot of times folk only say I love you, and, and, and the love springs from their loins. Yeah, I love you. I love you. I love you. Oh, okay. All right. Where, where, where are all my 80s and 90s babies? Come on. You're, you're, uh, uh, a thin line between love and hate. Come on. What did Martin say to... Uh, what did he say to Brandy? Oh, I, I, I love you. Next thing you know, he face down bleeding in a pool. Jesus wants to challenge your motives. So here, I, I, I'm arresting your new week. Before you say anything to anybody else, before you do anything for anybody else, check your motives. So let's, let's chew on the why. Because I know you can. You're, you're talented. You're able. You're knowledgeable. But why, though? The only way true motives can be determined is through self-examination. And see, some people, some people, watch this, some people will try to tell you, some people will try to tell you that this is why I did so forth and so on. Can I, can I, can I preach in, in, in the church that God led me to preach in? Here it is. Um, you can't tell nobody why they did something. I'm going to talk to parents too. Hallelujah. We can make assertions and assumptions, but you, you read it this morning. Who can know the heart of man? Who, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, who can know the heart of man? Ten answers the question, only the Lord. <laughs> I, the Lord. That's what he says. So, so stop trying to figure out, this? stop trying to figure out people's hearts. Here's what you need to pray for. Lord, you reveal to me their heart. This is why in, I know, I, I, this is why in relationships, I got to just insert this, you need to be talking to the Lord more than you talk to them. Okay, all right. You see, the, the, the prophet Elisha, he had such a relationship with Gehazi. It's not just about man-woman relationships. It's about all your relationships. 
The Bible says that when, when the prophet healed uh, uh, the soldier or, or the centurion Haman, the prophet healed Haman from leprosy. And he told Haman, I don't want anything from you because he knew that everything that Haman had was covered with leprosy. He says, Haman, I don't want anything from you. Just go and, and bathe and you're going to be healed. He went and was healed. Gehazi, because greed was in his heart, he went and said, hey, my master said, on second thought, let me get a bit of that clothes. Let me get some of that gold. Let me and Haman was like, yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Take it all. Gehazi comes back to the prophet's camp and stashes the stuff in his tent. And he asked, Elijah asked Gehazi, he says, Gehazi, where you been? Oh, nowhere, my Lord. Notice what he says. He said, did not my heart go with you? What happened? Because the prophet was in tune with God. God showed him what Gehazi was doing. I wish I had a real marriage right here. You see, there's some things the Lord will show you. You ain't got to search through no text messages. You ain't got to look through no emails. You ain't got to make no fake Facebook account. All you got to do is be in God. Okay, let's push. So if we, if we want to correct our motives, we have to, we have to do a self-examination. This is why the Apostle Paul says, let a man so examine himself. He didn't say, go get examined. Now, this is where we have to take ownership in the church of Jesus Christ. Because there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff in the church, especially with most of us in, from a Western perspective, we want God to do for us. And if not God, we want the preacher to do for us. And if not the preacher, we want people to do for us. Uh, um, one of our members, uh, she posted something yesterday, and uh, it had a little profanity in it. That's why I was going to repost it, but it had a little profanity. I was like, I ain't going to repost this. But it, it, did, it did have a monochrome of truth in it. And what it said was that everybody is mad that somebody ain't called them while the folk that they wanted to call them is going through stuff they sell, trying to figure out why ain't nobody called them. Okay, and so let me, let, me just, let me just help everybody face that's on the floor right now. Because you crying, well, ain't nobody checking on me. Ain't nobody crying. Listen, I know you got a little kindred spirit. Ain't nobody praying for me. But please understand, everybody got a storm. Some folk just got stronger umbrellas. Some folk just brought their boots before the rain came. All right, let's push. Okay, because, all right, amen. So the first thing we need to ask yourself, the first question you have to ask yourself is, is the what I do right or wrong according to the, according to the word of God? Is what I do, whether what I do, whether what I have, or what I, what I am becoming, is it right or wrong according to the word of the Lord? That's the first thing you need to ask yourself. Is it right according to the word of the Lord? Look at John 17, 17. John 17, 17 says, sanctify us, or sanctify them, just Jesus talking here, this is his high priestly prayer. He says, sanctify them with your truth, for your word is truth. If you want to know what you, somebody asks you to, to do something for them, and you're trying to figure out if you should do it or not, check it in the Bible. Check it according to the word of God. People that you know live according to the word, run it by them. 
Use the word. See, some of you try to be too deep. Ask yourself, do it agree with the Bible? Is it right according to the Bible? Just truth. Just real truth. Real truth. Is it in the Bible? What does the Bible say? Does the Bible say don't do that? Then don't do that. The Bible say do it. Then do it. If you don't see the scripture on it, then you fall on your face and talk to the Holy Ghost. Because the same Holy Ghost that wrote this Bible is the same Holy Ghost that dwells within you. Now, let me, let me share with you something about if you want to test your personal Holy Ghost. If you want to know if there's Holy Ghost in your life or not, ask somebody else that has the Holy Ghost. And if they say the same thing, then you know it's the Holy Ghost. Here's what my bishop taught me. My bishop says that the Holy Ghost operates in consensus. So on any particular subject matter, the Holy Ghost is not going to say one thing to him and then a different thing to him and a different thing to him and a different thing to him if they're all on the same subject. He's not going to say, you go, you stay, you, I don't know, and you, I don't even know why you're here. Like, what? That's not the Holy Ghost. If, if it's go, all four of these brothers are going to say go. Go, 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 go. And then you know it's the Holy Ghost. If there are varying words, then we got to know that somebody ain't looking at it. Somebody is in self and not in the spirit. Yeah. Number two, the next question you have to ask yourself, uh, are my reasons selfish or selfless? Some of us do stuff for people for self-gratification. Some people will help you so that they can have the testimony. Okay. All right. Y- y'all think that I'm making this stuff up. Look at, look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. Matthew, that's why I wanted to make sure it was more scripture than me. Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. It says, so when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you. As the hypocrites do in the synagogues or in the streets so that they may be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. You ever ask yourself, God, why haven't you blessed me? Maybe God is saying the reason why I haven't blessed you because you already tried to bless yourself. And so you tried to be the blessor, and so I let you be in your, in your, in your isness. He says, don't, don't. And now, now, just so we can be clear, this is the, now the next verse, the next verse uh, here in this text, if you read it in your Bible, it says, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That context was about generosity, not about secrecy. Because see, some of y'all, you, you feel like the Bible gave you, you, gave you the liberty to hide stuff from your spouse. But the Bible said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. No, it's talking about generosity. It ain't talking about, you know, doing stuff in secret and you ain't... Okay. So what are your reasons for doing it? Are you doing this to help somebody? Are you doing this so somebody can see you helping somebody? Hey, what's up, Instagram? Yeah, I'm just, you know, just out here just blessing people, you know what I mean? I'm just out here doing stuff for people because the love of the Lord is in my heart. Hi, are you poor? Are you poor, sir? Hi. I'm, you know, hey, hey, Instagram, I got me a poor person here. Here you go, brother. Here you go. You know, the Lord been good to me. Lord been good to me. Here you go. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Y'all see that? That's what, I'm, that's what we're about out here. That's what we're about out here. We're just about saving souls and blessing people, you know, and, you know, Ask 
ask yourself, me doing that, was it selfish? Did I want to be seen doing it or was it selfless? Who's being promoted, me or God? <laughs> talking about motives. We're talking about motives. Here's the next question you need to ask yourself. Will it bring forth good? Will it bring forth good? Now, let me, let me tell you what good is from a biblical perspective. Good, from a biblical perspective, is God's desired outcome. Because I'm, I'm about to read this, this scripture from a, from a biblical context, because I know most of us read it from a Western context. Let's, let's go to the next scripture. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. How many times you read this scripture? How many times you quoted this in your life? This is how we read it. And we know... That God causes all things to work together for my good. I, I, I love Travis. I love Travis. I love him. And I love that song. And that's great. But it ain't biblical unless you contextualize it properly. It's not working for my personal good. It's working for his ultimate good. Because, see, there's some things that might feel good, taste good, sound good, look good, that will be good for me personally, but won't bring forth divine, ultimate good for his kingdom. See, in a Western culture, we think so individually. We think it's about me and mine and what I want. But what if, watch this, what if you taking a pay cut was for the good of all? What, what if, what, what if, what if you, I'm going to, oh, let me be real personal for a What if you living with your parents for a season was meant for the good of the people you lead? Because see, there, there, there are many times where, watch this, can, can I be, can I be real, real introspective for a minute? There have been many times that I could have made decisions that was good for me. That was Working for my good. But how good would it have been for the people? And so if we, if we draw back from a Western perspective and we have a biblical perspective, we have to ask ourselves, look at it from, from, from a, a biblical perspective and say, is it for the good? Is it just for my good or is it for the ultimate good? Because there are many times, if we be honest, we have made decisions that, hey, 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 listen, 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 hey, this is a good move. This is a real good move. And while that's good, the folk that you're supposed to be mentoring, the folk that you're supposed to be praying for, the folk that you're supposed to be ministering to, the folk that you're supposed to be doing life with, the folk that you're supposed to be helping along the way, you're too busy for them now. But you balling. You good, though. It's all good for you. But what is the effect for the kingdom? What about the people that when God birthed you, he attached their destiny to yours? But you were so concerned about your personal outcome that you dismissed the outcome of the Father. So we have to ask ourselves, me doing this, will it bring forth the good of God? All right. We, t- we too quiet, so let me go to my last one. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> the only way our motives, the only way our motives can be purified is through divine surrender. 
The only way we can purify our motives, where we know we're doing it for the right reasons, is through divine surrender. I got one last scripture for you. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Is anybody getting somebody that's teaching today? Is it making sense to anybody? Okay, all right, all right. Uh, it says, and we, with unveiled faces, all reflect the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into his image with intensifying glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The only way our motives can be purified is through divine surrender. Notice what it says. It says, us with unveiled faces. How many of us are doing life with God and other people with veils on? They see you, but they don't really see you. They see your figure. They see your image, but they don't see the nuances of who you are. They, 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 they don't see the intrinsic. They, they don't see the intricate parts of who you are because you veiled yourself. Too many of us. Listen, this, this is why sometimes the church is crippled at helping people because people come in veiled. Oh, I'm blessed and I'm highly favored and I got this and I got that. Oh, yo, you know, you know, I'm, yeah. Jesus said, I ain't come for the, the folk that already got it. I came for the folk that need it. But the sad part about this Western society is everybody on Instagram acting like they already got it. But I believe God is raising up some people that say, God, my face is unveiled. No filter. No filter, because I know we in this filter society. That's a, that ain't nothing but a veil. It's a filter. We're in this filter society that, watch this, we want to use technological means and we want to use other means to change us. What if you serve a God that says, I don't, I'm not, I don't want it to be a filter. I want that to be your face. And if you get in my face, if you get in my face long enough, watch this, I'm going to transform you. And not only am I going to transform you, but it'll be an intensifying glory. You go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. The only way I can change is if I show God who I am, flaws and all. I'm a train wreck. I'm, I'm this, I'm that. I got problems. I got issues. I got scenarios. I got stuff. I got stuff in my closet. I got stuff under my bed. But I know that you can cleanse me. You can change me. You can heal me. You can deliver me. You can set me free. I want to be clean. I don't want to look clean. I don't want to smell clean. I want to be clean. So take my dirt. Take my mess because I know you can clean it up. I want to be pure. I want to live pure. And I, the summation of this is, is that when we get to that place, then we can have this threefold blessing. They said, why do you take so much time talking about the condition? Because the blessing, you ain't got nothing to do with it. We don't, we don't, work, we don't do nothing for the blessing. He brings that to us. But we have to make sure we've done our part. So here's the last thing, and somebody go, somebody go shout when I say this. Three things Jesus can really give you, this blessedness. He's, he says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. See, most people just say, oh, that means I'm going to heaven. No, it's deeper than that, friend. Number one, you're going to have prophetic sight. You're going to have prophetic sight. 
you don't have prophetic sight. Uh, uh, you ever, hmm, you, 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 ever, you ever been with an expert? Somebody who was an expert in a subject that you weren't an expert at? Okay. Anybody ever st- stood with your mechanic over your hood? <laughs> and all you see is an engine. But because they have insight to the engine, they see stuff that you don't see because of their insight. I hear God saying this to somebody in this house today. God says, I'm going to allow you to look at the stuff you've been looking at all your life. But I'm about to give you prophetic insight so that when you look again, you're going to see stuff that other folk don't see. You're going to have prophetic insight to where you, when you look at stuff, you, you're going to see all the nuances of it. You're going to see all the different parts of it. You're going to see, man, uh, 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 you, you're going to have a level of sight to where you can see what's unseen by the naked eye. I hear God saying, I'm about to give you spiritual x-ray vision. You, you're about to be able to see. Anybody ever seen those shows where they, where they take the, the magnifying glass or they take the light and they go over the bed and they see all the, the pesticides, the things on the bed? that the naked eye can't see. I hear God saying, I'm about to give you sight to where you can see all the stuff that everybody else goes over. And I'm allowing you to see it and correct it. Okay, I'm running. Not only prophetic sight, but I'm going to give you personal sight. The days of you not figuring out who you are are over. Mm. God says, I'm about to put a divine mirror in front of your face. So that when you begin to ask yourself who I am, you are about to look. It's about, it's about to be Simba after Rafinki comes around. You're about to know who you are because you're about to have the Spirit of God reveal to you the very reason why you were even born. Somebody shout, I'm going to have personal sight. I'm going to have... You, you're not, you, you ain't going to have to figure out why you're here. You're not going to have to figure out why you're on earth. You're not going to have to figure out what you're doing here. God said you're going to wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, I know, oh, I know what we're doing today. I know what we do in the name of Jesus. I know where we're going today. I know what today is about in Jesus' name. Somebody shout sight. But lastly, you will have, uh, you will have perpetual sight. In other words, you will, you will be in eternity with Jesus. You will have perpetual sight. So not only does it mean you you will end up in Jesus with heaven, but you will have generational sight. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. You will be able to look at your children's children. Something, something, that, something that blessed my heart. For, for a long time, I was trying to figure out why my, my grandfather made me the pastor of this church when I was 18. And I didn't have any pastoral experience outside of just leading a youth group. I was trying to figure out why he did this. But what he told me before he died, he said, James, I've seen it already. I don't know who needs to hear this before we leave today. God says, I'm going to give you perpetual sight. I'm going to give you the ability, not just for your life, but I'm going to give you the the ability to look at your children and see your grandchildren. I'm going to give you the ability to look at your family and see legacies of faith. Y'all, listen, listen. It meant something to me last month to have my father standing right here blessing me and blessing my sons because my father told me in the back, son, Joey going to preach it and... As we live in purity, 
Last week we learned purity was not just about doing the right thing. Purity is about having freedom in your life. Next, this week I want you to leave here understanding that when we live pure, the blessing of purity is sight. Blessed are the pure in heart. here's, Here's what it speaks to. Watch this. Here's what it speaks to if you read it in a Greek or Aramaic text. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall have the sight of God. Okay, y'all gonna say amen when when you understand what it means. So it goes beyond just seeing God. It means I will see like God. So that which God sees, I will see. Oh, makes sense. Makes sense to me. The same Gehazi that we talked about earlier, when, when there were armies coming to kill the prophet, because the prophet had the sight of God, that's prophetic sight. The, pro- the prophet had prophetic sight. He praised the same blessing over Gehazi. He says, Lord, yes. open yes. his eyes that he may see. And when he prayed that prayer, Gehazi seen legion of angels. My closing prayer for everyone in here today is that you will, through the Spirit of God, gain that pure heart so that you will have the sight of God. Honestly, I was talking about you earlier this week on vacation, and I I was was talking to one of our brothers, uh, Brother Simeon, and, and I told him, I said, man, there's this young girl in our church, young lady, one woman in our church, I really believe she has the sight of God. I said, because she looks at cancer different than most people look at it. She looks at it from the side of being healed already. And you can't do that unless you got the sight of God. Because man says you're going to die and you're going to get sick and you're going to get skinny and you're going to lose all your hair. But when you have the sight of God, now watch this. this some of y'all watch this. Y'all don't know, she didn't been through chemo. And ain't nothing, she ain't. The image, when you have the, when you have the sight of God, stuff just looks different. This is my prayer for you today is that as you begin to to examine yourself, check your motives, and stand before God with an unveiled face, say, God, this is where I am. Fix me. Transform me. Purify me. You will embrace the sight of God. And you will be able to look at yourself and the situations you are in and the things around you and the people around you. You will be able to look with the sight of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up to you every man, woman, boy, and girl under the sound of my voice. I pray now in the mighty name of Jesus that you will begin to grant them the grace, Father God, to examine themselves. But God, begin to grant them the grace to begin to examine themselves to the degree that they will know who they are in you. Transform them. Purify them, God. Cleanse them, God, in the name of Jesus. Father God, I pray. I pray that you would begin to delineate in their life who's who and what's what. And as you transform them, Father, I pray the divine blessing of God's sight 
over every one of them. That they will have prophetic sight. They will have personal insight. They will have perpetual sight. I believe it for their life. I declare it to be done now over their life, and it is so in Jesus' name. If you receive that word today, give God praise.